0: Welcome to Disruptive Branding by Saffron Brand Consultants. In this podcast, we will share the most important insights that we have gathered from several decades of working closely with some of the world's most disruptive brands. We will show how every business, startup to enterprise, can design its brand using disruptive thought and action. From how-to sessions with members of our executive team, to conversations with our clients, learn firsthand how to position your brand to compete with disruptive challenges, and to challenge and disrupt yourself. Hi everyone, welcome to episode eight. I'm Emma Daniels, a senior program manager at Saffron, and I'm joined by one of our creative directors, Matt Atchison, and retail specialist, Daniel King, a partner of Saffron. Uh, In this episode, we're going to be discussing the role that environment plays in the brand experience. So we're going to look at how it can really bring a disruptive brand alive, both inside and outside of the business. Um, So let's get started. Um, First and foremost, I think it would be good to start with uh, what are branded environments?
1: A branded space doesn't mean putting your logo above the door, obviously. Um, You know, a branded environment is uh, a space in which your audience gets the opportunity to interact with your brand. Um, And these spaces are not necessarily, uh, we're not just talking about retail here. You know, these these, these spaces can be dedicated to different groups. Uh, We might be talking about customers, or we might be talking about employees, or we might be talking about even partners that our brand has
0: then is it's a really, really big opportunity for brands to get their purpose and their values across. I think it would be great maybe if you could tell us a little bit more about uh, specifically customer-focused brand environments.
1: I think, you know, customer-focused brand environments, obviously we're primarily talking more about retail and possibly to a certain extent, hospitality. Um, You know, these are obviously important Audiences and I think we we sort of think perhaps more traditionally about um, uh, Brand experiences being that precisely that the interaction with customers, you know, we think of retail we think of shops We think of hotels we think of uh, those interactions Um, And these obviously on one hand in terms of purchasing it gives the, the the customer the opportunity to physically see try touch interact with the product, perhaps that they want to buy, um, but on the other hand, of course, what it's doing is is giving you the opportunity to create a relationship with your customer, um, i.e., uh, a dialogue with your customer, um, where you're you can attend to them face to face, you can create uh, an emotional connection to them. So it's a very, very important um, has a very important role to play, really.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would say that. Uh, customers have become much more uh, demanding. Their expectation of uh, a level of service, a level of experience, um, uh, how they are treated, the convenience within within the, the, the uh, physical space. Um, generally, uh, in life, everyone is becoming much more uh, demanding, demanding. Yeah, yeah. and I think that, so. That is part of the reason that we need to see brands becoming more flexible, more agile, and within those physical spaces for brands, they need to become relevant. They need to constantly refresh and stimulate their customers.
1: So yeah, that's that's. It's interesting that you raise that, Dan, because um, I think it's fundamental that brands, you know, that they really understand what their client is about, who their customer is um, and find those ways of engaging with them, Um, it's almost like you're trying to create almost a kind of a sense of community with that customer. You're trying to make them feel part of your community, part of your brand. You want them to to be living it. So it's interesting because I think, yeah, brands really do need to respond um, and, and understand really get under the skin and understand the needs aspirations um, you know and, and think of those innovative surprising ways that they can connect and create those connections to to their um, to their customers It just brings to mind you know these um, the, you know the way that some of these experiential things can can really come to life I I suddenly was just thinking about you know when hotels started to, Remove uh, reception desks, you know, the traditional, frontier, if you like, between customer and and uh, the, the, the hotel service was this desk between you and them and of course hotels have started to gradually, uh, some hotel brands have, have been eroding those and and being much more uh, open and uh, giving those check-in services face-to-face uh, on, a, on a pad or a, or a mobile device. Um, you know, and also restaurants becoming more innovative and, and creating experiences and surprising clients and creating a uh, an engaging environment. And I guess, you know, even sort of thinking about the, the Starbucks, the, the typical Starbucks example of them writing names on cups was, uh, you know, a very meaningful way to create a connection to that client, uh, create a sense of community, a sense of emotional connection to that client so there's, there's uh, brands are doing this um, and it'll be interesting to see how, how, how it evolves as digital plays a bigger role in, in, uh, in the physical environment
2: A lot of brands are becoming a lot more responsible they are becoming much more aware and uh, globally how they should be related to by 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 the audience and so for example some someone like timberland who has always done fantastic stores uh and you would talk about uh, the kind of their their lifestyle effect that they sort of create within their experiences and wonderful touch points and climbing walls within big uh, stores, now they're actually becoming a little more, uh, much more profound that their 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 concepts are built on uh, sustainability, being eco-friendly, for example. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's an interesting point that actually, because of course, you know, customers are now they're demanding that of their brands, you know, there's a sense that the brand has to be much more transparent about their, their eco-credentials, uh, you know, their, their policies have to become much more visible. So in actual fact, that also becomes a point of engagement.
0: So that's super interesting. I think, you know, we've covered some good points on the customer. I think what be also be interesting is actually to dig into how is sort of employee facing different from this.
1: So, I mean, actually, employee-facing is not different from this, really, uh, in the same way that, uh, you know, a customer might be demanding of the of their brands that they're interested in looking at. Um, so employees also uh, can be very demanding of their employers. So, uh, and certainly I think there's a new generation, uh, a younger generation, who um, perhaps their expectations are... are are a lot higher they're not they're not like the expectations of our parents you know who just wanted a a job um and if you were lucky, you know you got paid at the end of the month. you know they are demanding more than just uh their salary at the end of the month they are um expecting you know an organization that uh engages with them um it'll be interesting because of the period that we've just passed through because of COVID, because of uh, the, especially if we're talking about office work, um, people in this state of working from home uh, and gradually uh, people coming back to the workspace and perhaps, you know, psychologically, that's difficult for a lot of people. Um, And I think it, it will mean that companies have to, they have to really focus on being relevant to their employees and they're going to have to work hard at that. And so, you know, essentially there's going to be this need to move away from, you know, a purely functional space to perhaps one that's more interactive, um, you know, and instead of sort of, okay, we've got a picture on the wall, you know, and just decoration, but we maybe need to think more about the experiential side of, uh, of the workspace. And again, it's a a space that you want people to engage with, but it's not just a place you come to visit, but perhaps it's something that you start to feel a part of uh, coming back to that word community again. So again, it's not just about receiving your wages at the end of the month and and churning out the work. It's about actually having a meaningful experience. So I think that that will become uh, an interesting area for brands to be able to manage effectively.
2: Yeah, and I think we'll see a, a... A change in terms of the trend of the playful workplace—you know, the idea of mm. you know we can we can have a ping pong table and we can have a slide. Yeah. I think I think that is past now, and we're now moving into an area where where we're thinking more about the care of our employees. We're talking about yeah. uh, well being is becoming the big issue. Mm. That um, it's it's there's proven research that. People have really suffered during the Covid obviously through mental health and we really need to look after our staff and make healthy environments and with healthy environments then we'll have better productivity, better creativity.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's true actually, Yeah, the working environment is a place um, where the brand is shaped, you know, your employees are your brand and so actually, you know, looking after your probably your biggest brand asset your employee is fundamental to the the health of your of your brand
0: absolutely couldn't agree more um i think just thinking about it from another angle again it might be interesting to dig into uh, sort of partner facing spaces uh, could you tell us a bit more about that
1: yeah um partner facing is an interesting one i mean really to sort of define what partner facing means um it's really a, a, a house that hosts other brands. So, you know, we might be thinking about things like, you know, big box retail environments, shopping malls, and, you know, department stores, you could include in that, and also perhaps, you know, airports as well. You know, the, the interesting challenge that they have is this, they have to appeal to two or two different audiences. They've got, on one hand, yes, the, the sort of B2C Customers, the people who come into the space and and interact and spend or or use the space. Uh, But then they've also got to deal with their other customers who are on a B2B level, which are the brands that they want to host within their space. Um, And obviously this is a very tricky balance because what you're trying to do is create a a recognisable brand experience with your space. Um, but at the same time allow those brands that you're hosting to also have the strength to, to, to appeal. So it's, a, it's a, an interesting um, area in terms of branding.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that, for example, if we look at shopping malls, we, we're, we're going to start seeing a change in how they are cura- curated and for example, there's there's a, uh, a shopping mall in Madrid called Ex Madrid, uh, and it's for active people. It's almost a playground. It has mm. lots of different activities: skateboarding, parks, um, surfing, diving. Right. The list goes on. So but, but the idea is that your your the destination is for all these different kind of experiences. And then the retail that is built around there is, is perfectly curated to that kind of lifestyle oh, and that yeah. audience.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it, it could be that, uh, you know, the old days of, of shopping malls and these uh, spaces being trying to be everything to everyone uh, are actually maybe having to sort of evolve and, and become slightly more focused on a profile or a, a specific audience yeah. um, and, and so that that sort of curation of the brand experience is becoming even more um, acute.
2: I think previously there was an idea that you were allowing your retailers to create the experiences mm-hmm. and that was the pull but no, now it's the shopping mall that needs to th- be thinking about its experience itself and curate yeah. everything around yeah. Yeah. around that.
0: So that that third notion of partner-facing spaces is is super interesting. I think it just adds that whole other extra level of complexity. I think it would be super helpful now for our listeners just to get a little bit more practical. So if we were to actually look to reflect a brand's essence uh, in the physical touchpoint of a branded space, um, could you give us some advice on what brands need to think about?
2: Well, let's talk about senses. Um, because they really connect with people's emotion. So if we're talking about Starbucks, we would talk. We don't talk about the environment. We talk about the smell of the coffee when you walk into the store. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. And that's just uh, that's
1: provoked by scent.
2: Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. Or Victoria's Secret. They play the, the same music that they have on the catwalk shows. They have in their stores. Or when you step into a Joe Malone store, they offer you bubbly while you're browsing. Yeah, so they're real uh, kind of special brand moments, really.
1: They're they're signature brand moments that that become super
2: memorable uh, signature uh, experiences for that brand. So, yeah, that's interesting. Absolutely. And And then you have bigger ideas, which this one is... When you hear it, you go, why didn't they think about this before? Um, is Tiffany's have opened up the Blue Box Cafe, which you can have breakfast at Tiffany's. I mean, how much more enticing is that? Perfect. Um, so I think this idea that we really need to always look at the senses and we're not just looking at the visual, but all the senses. I mean, there's a there's a stat, for example, from Nike, they've done some research which says that um, they've showed that ambient scent in their stores increased intent to purchase by
0: 80%. So I love these examples that you've shared. They're great. And I know this is a podcast, but I'm sure our listeners will really have sort of uh, built up a clear picture uh, in their minds. Um, I think next um, it would be good to dig into it. In your opinion, do you think there are any basic rules that brands should follow uh, to design branded spaces?
1: It's difficult to sort of um, uh, summarize it. I I think you could probably find you can if you wanted in depth uh, information on this. You can always look at uh, Saffron's disruptive branding book. But I mean, in in a you could top line that I think fundamentally it's about knowing your audience. It's fundamental. Know who you're who you're trying to communicate and connect with. Um, be innovative. It's about creating exciting, engaging, perhaps uh, unique experiences for, for your audience. Um, and probably also, uh, I would include uh, thinking digital. Um, I know it sounds a bit weird when we're talking about physical, but I think the what our learning from digital is that everything is iterative, everything is changeable, things can exist in a beta way. Um, And really there's no reason why the physical space couldn't uh, be the same and that we allow our physical spaces and environments and brand environments to actually evolve over time.
0: So I'd love to pick up on um, a piece of work that that Saffron did uh, last year and just dig into that in a bit more detail. Um, So last year we worked closely with with RIA to connect digital and physical experiences sort of more effectively. Um, Perhaps you could tell us, Matt, a little bit more about uh, the challenge and how some of these rules you've mentioned helped to solve it.
1: RIA was a client uh, that came to us essentially with some issues on their brand awareness and, and their need to grow digitally. Um, one of the important, most important touch points for this brand, which is a global brand, uh, money transfer uh, brand, um, is their presence on the high street. And essentially their their, their strongest visual asset was orange, essentially. So we, we wanted to make sure that we, we leveraged their the presence of orange and the visibility of orange on the high street. Um, But but not just that, in terms of maintaining the recognition and the high visual power on the high street. But we also looked at the interiors. um, And the interiors had to reflect their their customer-facing, open, friendly, the, the, almost the, the assistant who is there to uh, and, and many of their employees uh, from the communities where they exist and so it was about creating a, a very welcoming but functional space and um, and of course when you're talking about over 450,000 locations around the world um, you know you can't think about making each each space individual as we were talking about with soho house um, Things need to be much more consistent. And so the idea was about capturing the, the simplicity and the calm and the practical, uh, user friendly um, experience in that space um, so that people felt you know, a sense of security and, and that their, their money was in safe hands. So,
0: How are branded spaces uh, changing with the changing retail landscape and the rise of digital?
2: Well, I think we should look at this in two ways. Um, one way is how we can use digital within our environments and create fully holistic brand experiences that are going beyond, obviously, the physical and the digital. It's all, it's, it all works together. So that's one side of things. And one, one, really example, interesting example, which I can't remember the name of the company, but it, it's a pop-up company. Who are renting out spaces and what they provide is uh, a box which is a digital box pretty much screens in the window screens within the store and you plug and play your brand within that space so you can rent that space for a day a month uh, a year it's your choice um, but it gives you a, a lot of uh, flexibility um, on the side of the other way of seeing how digital has affected brands and different businesses is is looking at how that they have changed and shifted their businesses, their strategies. So, for example, you know if you look at retail banking, they now offer a multitude of services that give you more reason to go and visit the, the bank branch. Um, and then we've got clever ideas, for example, a bike store. A bike store, uh, if you're selling a bike which is worth 2,000 euros, well, that is a piece of art, it's a piece of creativity. So why don't you actually present that in a store as though, as though it's uh, in an art? As if it was a gallery,
1: museum. yeah. yeah. Um, so actually what you're saying is that the digital has changed not so much about the sort of the, the digital interactions in the space, but it's about the way it's changed the behaviors of brands. So when you were talking about the the, the bank branches are actually, as a, as a result of as most people are doing online banking, yeah. that they're now having to sort of change their offerings to attract customers to come into the branches. And, and as you were just saying about the bike shop, um, you know, that, Yes, if people are going to buy a bike online, then they want to be able to go and visit a, a, a cathedral or a or a gallery of this wonderful uh, of these of these bikes, right? So they can actually visit them and 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 touch them and see them.
2: Absolutely, and I think there's a point where branding yeah, their their concern is what is their relationship, what is their relationship with their customer or their audience, so they feel. Uh, disconnected in some way because of digital but we want to be able to create communities so for example if we're looking at the luxury end of of fashion retail how many of those places have actually started opening up a cafe a bar a restaurant so that they can engage with their customers in a different way in a new way Yeah. um, yeah which still sets the emotion and aspiration of what they want and that relationship with
0: their
1: brand. Yeah, that's interesting.
0: How do you think brands can still use the principles we've spoken about? And do you sort of have any predictions post COVID?
1: The principles that we've spoken about, I think are are fundamental. I guess one of the sort of challenges will be how physical spaces adapt, evolve, and still remain relevant to an audience who is perhaps now much, much, much more savvy, buying online, doing a lot of their transactional activities online, solving problems online, and uh, I think as Daniel was just mentioning, the way that some brands are starting to evolve and starting to rethink, but rethinking what they're offering based on what their what is authentic, what is authentic to them, um, what is authentic to the brand, what makes sense. And how can I make a meaningful connection to my audience? And I think those principles are there, so it doesn't matter sort of where it goes. Where um, where do I think it's going to go? Uh, it's tricky. I think, you know, it could be that in the next few years, next, the next two or three years, we might see a renaissance in really, you know, the importance of the, branded physical environment. Um, you know, certainly all of the uncertainty and closures and things that have happened over the last 18 months. I think there's also going to be a bit of a counter culture that people want real experiences um, and are slightly perhaps saturated with the whole living online. Um, so it could be that, in actual fact, the, the, the physical space will play a bigger role than ever.
2: Going I think there's forward. something really nice to... Uh, reflect on where we are in terms of um, today we're seeing a lot of agility in what brands are doing uh, you see the growth of um, event marketing for example and event marketing and retail go together and there's a point where today you're seeing um, you're seeing designs um, concepts for retailers going into musical festivals, for example, yeah, yeah, uh, obviously pop-ups we're seeing everywhere. Um, there's there's so many different ideas. In Madrid, in the main park of Madrid, Cartier were doing an event a few weeks ago. Now that is brand awareness. Um, um, they can be selling product, but there's a there's a level where you look at it and you go, well, this is very similar to. Uh, our traditional way of living. It's about us all coming out together, meeting communities. Yeah. It's like the market square. We're going mm. full circle to a place yeah. where we used to all come together on a Friday, on a Sunday, to the local market, to see people, to barter, to buy. And uh, there's, a, there's an intrinsic point where it's about interaction, human interaction. Yeah. Uh, so we, we we know we can be safe in the knowledge that we're always going to have that. You know that we're always yeah. going to be
1: out It's interesting because um, it, yeah, it does it does sort of with with digital. You know, and just as we're discussing, you know, this idea that um, things can be much more iterative, pop up, disappear, uh, change location, move much more agile. It does start to sort of hark back almost to the old days of markets, where you know uh, uh, somebody would come in, set up their little stall or their brand experience, and people would come and visit for that day. And it was a, it was a, that was their little brand experience, and they would pack up and disappear. So it could be, who knows? Maybe digital starts to um, move, move physical spaces in that direction. That the
2: brands need to be. Elastic, flexible, adaptable. They need need to be able to uh, move with their customers.
1: Absolutely, Dan. I think um, that's it. You've you've said it. Uh, Brands uh, are in flux. Uh, Brands have to evolve. Um, You know, digital is always evolving. Um, So why should the physical not evolve as well? And I think we have to start to adapt uh, or rather adopt that mentality um to physical spaces so it'll be uh, it's an interesting future
0: that that actually brings us to the end of our episode today on branded environments i think the the key things that i'm taking away from this conversation is just how important it is for brands to create spaces that are really authentic to what their brand offers Also relevant to the customers and just really differentiated from the competition as well. Um, So thank you, Matt and Dan, for your insights. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe and do leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. It helps other brand lovers to find us. So, if these examples, Tiffany's and Nike, are all about retail, um, maybe you could tell us a bit more about what this means for hospitality.